Is it because of the new movie? Oh, yeah, I forget about that. Yeah. I wanted to see that, too. It looked funny. I think it just came out, right? I think so. <laughs> Not obviously when this goes out, but no, like, no. I don't what? know. We don't record these, like, live? Oh, my God! <laughs> Welcome back to the Bad Gamecast. This is Jake. I'm Jason. And this time we played Malice. I had to look at what we played. Malice. Malice. Uh, Malice. Released November 2022. Developed by Nimbus Games. Published by... uh, It's S-C-R-Y. I'm going to assume Scary Soft, but it could be Scurry, which is how I read it. Scurry Soft. And it uh, came out on Steam. Jason, what would you say this was? What? Uh, what kind of game would you say this is? Oh, uh, this is a, uh, what do you call it? So it's a puzzle game, but it's uh, it's an escape room. Yeah. yeah. With a uh, veneer of horror pasted on. Yeah. So going into this, obviously, as uh, we often do, I don't really look into games so much other than their ratings and kind of general what's going on. Yeah, right. Don't want to give up the goose as right. to the uh, game. Sure. So, uh, I saw that this was like, I believe it is tagged as horror in, uh, yeah, it's like stuff on, uh, steam. Oh my God. What did I say earlier? It's like the, uh, a carnival haunted house, but Japanese folklore. (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh, as I said, thin veneer of horror. It's not very like horror. It is a puzzle game. It is a puzzle, first and foremost, yes. Yes. Uh, It does have a gimmick, not gimmick, of, like, it is two-person co-op. It has to be two-person co-op. It is a forced two-person co-op. There is, at no point can you play this game single player, you have to play with two. And you have no option to play with more. It is two people playing this game. Which is, uh, and we will get into it, and this isn't how I think of this game, but a fucking miserable choice. Yeah, it's, um, it makes for some interesting thought for me about this kind, style of game, and, uh, some other stuff, which we'll obviously get into, that I, is not great. There's a very few things that it does that works, for that but i think there's maybe better ways to do that and also as someone who does a lot of escape rooms i think there's i I would be curious how building escape rooms in video games would go uh i think um and like we'll get into thoughts uh you know later but like my my chief complaint was it's forcing co-op and like Mm -hmm. that's that's just out the gate not a good look yeah That, that sucks it, it does make it a hard sell because if you just want to play this, if you listen to this episode and you think, that actually sounds like something I would want to do, you have to find someone who wants to play it with you specifically because uh, the puzzles never change. So, like, we've beaten it. Yep. I couldn't play this game again because I know all the puzzles. Yes. So, it is a one-time experience with one other person, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and also like I guess in theory you could play with some randos, but then you're stuck with the uh, in-game type, the in-game chat, which Ooh, is just that's typing. Miserable. That is bad. That you, you need to be able to talk to somebody while you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malice, you play as uh, a girl and a guy. I don't know if you're related or anything about you. 
a... I thought they were dating, but... Play as a pair of travelers visiting a mysterious temple in modern-day Japan. That's where I got that from, so, like, even not even necessarily. Nope. So you are visiting a temple, you fall through the ground due to an earthquake, no. and you fall into this haunted house. Japan never has earthquakes. Nope. Uh, this haunted house was sealed under this temple forever ago because it's full of... An angry spirit of a dead woman. It's full of yokai. Ah. And witches. Yeah. Or witch. So the story is, um, buoy. It's told really weirdly through, like, in between, there's, like, three stages, and in between, there's, like, story sections where they just give exposition to right, you. Right, they give you the, like, bad watercolor. Uh, yeah. Yeah. As well as all the, like, notes. Oh, my God. And some of the notes are, you know, part of the puzzle, so you have to use it to figure stuff out. But a lot of the notes are just like, here's some, like, backstory and stuff. And, like, yeah, yeah, I was curious. I don't I'm wondering how you're going to get through the story of this because it's real thin. Yeah, there was a lady. Hannah. 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 And she lived in a house and there was some dude. I forget the whole, like. General, the uh, general, like, his son, their and his wife, and uh, his, there was the war. He was with the shogunate. Yep. Uh, Her, she had a son, I think. I don't think Hana had a son. I think it was just her in the house, and she was like a fortune teller, right? Something. I don't know. There's there's kids peeping around, and then she gets. Uh, burned alive in her house. Yeah, some of the kids that are from the nearby village are like scoping around the house and accidentally knock over a lantern and she's trapped inside while it burns. Yeah, and so she curses the children in the village and yeah, she becomes a demon spirit trapped in this burnt house. Yeah, sure. Great. Yeah. And now you in modern day Japan have to sift through all of those clues to find your way through this magical trap house to get to her and then expunge her spirit yeah right like you're trying to set her free because she's trapped there in her own rage and grief or whatever yeah right that's what you're doing inevitably by the time you get to the third stage you're you realize that the only way out is to set her spirit free yeah. to get you out of this endless nightmare sure Okay. Yeah, right? Because, like, I, I was confused because, like, when you get to her house, she's uh, pissed that you're there. Mm -hmm. uh, and then in the next chapter, uh, she's still pissed that you're there. Uh, and then by the third chapter, she's like, uh, help me and I'll help you. <laughs> yeah, so the first chapter you get there and she's in the basement pissed that you're there as you are just... You kind of like time travel, basically. Yeah. So the first time she's already dead and in the basement like a charred husk. Yes. Full of violence and rage. The second chapter. And she's mad because you're going through her house fucking with her shit. Like, is like, like sure. leading up to when she dies. There's the like kids in the village and stuff. Yeah. But it's like after her curse. Because yeah. The shit's all fucked, to you. fucked up. So where the second one is where you're learning like what happened to her that killed her that way. Yeah. And then the third one is like even before that as you're learning about the general who was like the true monster. Oh, okay. See, because uh, I missed basically all of that. Yeah. It, again, the storytelling here is very loose and not good. And that's probably part of what 
the problem people have with it. Yeah. Because, yeah, it, by the third chapter, it gets very, like, weird where... Because uh, that's where the butcher is and, like... Yeah, but, like, you run into the butcher in the second chapter and he's kind of all right. Like, he's just a butcher. Like, sure, by the time you get to him, he's, like, cooking people. But, yeah. like, you're in, like, weird yokai hell. So, like... Right, sure. and it's so... I don't, it's, it's weird. No, so, yeah, the butcher's the second. So, it's the third is just, like... You're just in hell where, like, everything's weird. Yeah, because, like, you go through the hallways of the, like, rotating wooden yeah. squares and, like, it isn't even, like, you're not even, like, in a house anymore. Yeah, I have no answers anymore. I lied. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, the storytelling here, not great. You eventually, um, you get to the end, you reassemble, like, a weird mannequin and she's like, oh, but the curse to be broken, I need a body. And um, <laughs> I'm just laughing at how caked up that uh, that model is. Yeah. So you, quote unquote, and you do have the option to kill either yourself or your partner. Real talk, we couldn't figure this out. So I ended up killing Jake. Yeah, which like, I don't know. I was trying to kill myself. Same. He, you were trying to kill yourself. You ended up killing me. It was like, whatever it takes to get this done. Let's go. Game's <laughs> over. Uh, so we got, I guess, the bad ending as like, I woke up back in my hotel, but then as I was getting ready to leave, the door opens and instead of it being my like Uber to the airport, it's the butcher and I get dragged back to hell. Ah, see, I was stuck in some weird hell dimension hallway looking through a paper screen watching you mess around in the room. Yeah. With the butcher behind me laughing, but, mm-hmm. like, not doing anything. He's just like, ha, 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 ha. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it uh, that's, that's the game. The whole game. Uh, there's three, as we kind of said, there's three chapters. Uh, first chapter is, yeah, the house. Huh. Series of puzzles in there. Uh, Nimbus Games based in Kuala Lumpur. Would not have thought that. Hmm. Second one there, you go through the town and then there's like, this is where all the like body horror is. Yeah. There's a hand wall that you have to collect fingers from. There's a dude tied to a wall. There's a girl who's like looming her own hair into like her, the clothes she's actively wearing. So she's like trapped in this loom. The butcher is cooking people and then people are eating them. What did we need the fingers for? Because I remember cutting a bunch off, but I don't ever remember using them. You use them to dye the rope. Oh. To cut down the guy. Okay. Who then, like, discorporates. Yes. He falls to the ground with no, not a bone in his body. No. It's hilarious. Yeah. He hits like a jelly sack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's hard to talk about this game, because, like, there's not, like, I could break down every puzzle in the game. We should start... Uh, because um, I think the, the some of the puzzles are actually pretty good, that maybe we should start with some of the bad to get that out of the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, some of the bad, like, how weird the movement feels. You are slow, but not so slow that you're, like, excruciatingly slow, but you are definitely too slow. Yes. So, like, you have, I think there's a sprint, but it doesn't, like, do much. There is. But there's no stamina, so you should just be sprinting the whole time. And yeah, it's, so you just, like, leave the sprint on by automatically, which isn't an option you can do. Which is then, like, why don't you just have, like, a faster walk speed? Yeah. And then you don't have to worry about it. The uh, questionable detection when you're trying to interact with something. Yeah, as well as just, like, 
it being really kind of obscure whether or not you can or should be interacting with stuff. Yep. Like the handle up here that's like, you can interact with this and you press on it and like nothing happens and you're like, so am I doing it wrong or... Yeah. Like, do do I need something else? What are we doing here? Yeah, there's very little feedback at any time if you're doing something right or wrong or even in the right direction. Yeah. Which is to say this is, you know, a escape room right it is all puzzles and so if you are not able to figure out what you're on there's no hint system there's no ability for you to really know what you're doing yeah and some of the puzzles are a bit obtuse right so uh, let's start with the the very first puzzle right uh you fall into the hole and the players are immediately separated Mm-hmm. I uh, was playing as the girl. I run up to a, it looks like the front of someone's house. There is a door, two door knockers, uh, some stone pillars, nothing else. That's it. It was just like in the middle of this cave, this house. So all I'm looking at is door knockers and I can interact with them and I can swing the, uh, it's like a little gargoyle mouth and I can swing the ring that it's holding. Yeah. That's it. You have stuff you can do. I have a garden with a series of uh, paper fans. Yeah. Uh, one for spring, one for summer, one for fall, one for winter. Mm-hmm. That fills up my inventory. You have five inventory slots. Yeah. I say that fills my inventory because there is also a brochure. Uh, right. You start with a brochure. Yeah. Brochure is um, clearly there to both help people who don't speak Japanese. Mm-hmm. As well as even then, sometimes there's just like kind of hints and stuff. Yeah, it gives you uh, some of the puzzle clues are in the brochure, like this one, where uh, we needed to, (laughs) uh, Jason needed to hold up the correct fan, and I needed to knock uh, a certain amount of times for each one, which were listed on the fans, right? Yes. We just had to figure out the order. Mm -hmm. And when you got it right, the eyes on the little gargoyle head on the door start to glow. And for each one that you do, it moves on. So you get the two on the one and then the two on the other one that you can't interact with. So by the time you get to the fourth one, if it lights up, I couldn't tell because you can't see it from where you're at. Yeah. The important part here is, though, it doesn't light up right away. So, like, from the feedback end of me wondering if we did it right, I don't know. Because by the time we got it, because we had started, like, we got them to light up for the first time. I don't, I don't know how. Like, we were just standing there dicking around with stuff. The second time when we were actually doing it, the thing didn't light up till I was on the second one. Yeah. So, like, it was always behind. Hmm. So, like, that was weird. And an obtuse-ass puzzle. Yeah. Uh, I could definitely see people spending a bunch of time in that garden and in front of the house and then just quitting and never playing again. Yeah. Uh... Because it's kind of weird. And then it gets a, a lot easier from there for a while. Uh, you do some stuff around. You burn some books. You get some letters. You uh, There's a whole bunch of random stuff. Yeah, it's funny because they're not like straightforward. It feels like puzzle room kind of yeah, puzzles. It's an escape room. Yeah. So like you have to do a thing to do a thing. Mm-hmm. Right? You have to find three like little uh, medallions. You put them in a chest so that you can spin them so that they make an image so the chest opens. Yes. Right. So you can get a key to go to the next room. Right. Yeah. So you can get 
as you're going, you collect a bunch of books that you throw in a fire and they burn and turn into letters that I believe those were used on the one combination door. So then there's a door that's locked that has nothing on it to start with, but you find a bunch of letters on spinners that you put into the lock and then the burned letters are the letters you use and it unlocks Mm -hmm. and that gives you a new room. So it's like that, right? Yeah. And all of those that I'm describing, fine with. They, you know, took us a little while at different times just because you have to click on a bunch of random stuff. Mm -hmm. Like one of the pieces is hidden behind a tapestry. Yeah. That kind of thing. And then it all came screeching to a halt as we had to figure out some nonsense about a doll. Oh, God, the dolls. There's a paper that's got a grid that, like... It's a chart of hiragana. Yeah. And, like... You have to find, there's a bunch of dolls. You have to find the doll that represents the person, Hana, represents her. And you have to look at the, like, name on the bottom and match that name to the, like... The grid in the hiragana chart so you know which numbers you need. To put into a four-digit number chest. Yeah. That took us for goddamn ever. That took us for goddamn ever. (laughs) But then you have, like, uh, other ones, in because uh, we're still in chapter one. So, like, you go to the basement, mm-hmm. and then there's um, a, it's uh, the, like, elements pentacle. So, uh, fire, water, earth, air, metal. Yeah. And we needed to find objects that, you know, correspond to those things. So, like, you know, metal, we had a sword. Uh, water, there was a cup of water, shit like that. And it was like, uh, earth, oh, like, there's clay bowls. Uh, fire, here's a torch. Like, that we fucking plowed through. Yep. Uh, it was like, hey, here's this pentagram on the ground. It was on the um, brochure. Yep. So you could flip it over. We know which one's which. They all have, you know, elements. This whole house has been full of just random stuff. Yeah. And we're like, oh, okay. So there's a cup of water back in the... So grab the cup of water, put it on the symbol that says water. Grab the katana, put it on the symbol that says metal. Yep, we know it got it right because the symbol started glowing. Yep. Ah, perfect. Perfect. Feedback. Yep. That puzzle, great. It requires you to remember the items that you have seen and how they, like, represent just stuff in the world. Yeah. Right? So there was one that was fire but in quotation you know in parentheses it says light yeah so fucking throw a torch down there's earth but in parentheses it says soil clay the you know oh we have some clay bowls Mm -hmm. perfect so like i really that puzzle was great yeah um and then once you go down because that was like uh the whole thing and then you it opens the floor and you go down and this is like there's been paintings throughout the house Mm mm-hmm and there's two potions, and one of them will reveal the symbol you need, and the other one erases the symbol to break the seal on Hana because she's, like, in some cloaked demon darkness. Yeah, and in order to find the correct paintings, to find the correct symbols, there is a pile of Hannah's stuff. So you look at the stuff, and then you find the painting that has one of those items in it. Yep. Because there's, obviously, false paintings. Yeah. But you need the painting of, you know... The mirror, the comb, the shoe, uh, umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And it works especially well because you have two people. You can, one person goes and the other person can be like, all right, this is the symbol I need. And you go find that painting. You're like, oh, well, then it's this symbol. Yeah. So in that case, uh, I was hanging out down in the fun time basement while you were up looking at paintings. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, okay. So this one you're looking for, shoes. 
hit the thing. What is it? Uh, it looks like a window. It's a box with a like plus in it. Ah, perfect. Got it. Next one. Yep. So, you know, there are a lot of puzzles in this that like are pretty fine. And then there's just, again, the like doll was a bit too obscure. We did eventually get there. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of outside help on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and Shout then out Millstone. We, uh, you know, you progress the second level. So uh, that was a spot where, again, it was good to have two people, but you didn't need it. No. Uh-uh. So far, the only thing you needed two people on was the beginning because you were separated. Yep. That was it. Mm-hmm. So this whole first area basically could have been done alone if you just took out the door puzzle. Well, like, Jesus, for the most part, there's uh, a couple of puzzles that require two people. Correct. And that's the, like, I get it that, like, it's probably better to do with someone, but you could probably make it so that you don't need to. Yep. And then it would be accessible to more people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so later on in Act 2, I believe, is where the maze puzzle for two people is. Yes. Uh, there's some, like, doors earlier. There's a bunch of other puzzles. But there's a maze that you come up to. Yeah. So one person pulls a lever. It lifts the other person up. They go into the maze. They get a lantern. Yep. But then the door cl- behind them closes. Yep. So in this case, I was stuck up there. And then the door beneath them open so i was like oh i can go forward so i go in there and now i'm below jake and it is uh identical like labyrinths yes so he has a lantern i don't wherever he goes lights up for me so for me i'm just trying to be like okay uh jake i need you to lead me through this maze yeah but jake also had a spooky ghost yeah i had a Ghost in a kimono that would float around, and if she grabbed me, she would move me randomly. Yeah. So it was kind of frustrating where I'm trying to lead Jason, and then this ghost just throws me in another room. Yeah, dicks. Which was kind of funny, because I found the first three items in there without you. Yeah. I just was sprinting through the labyrinth. Yeah. Quote, unquote. It's not labyrinthian or dark enough that you need the other person, which I don't know if is good or bad. Well, like, it's also not that big. Yeah. Which is to its credit, because, like, if it was too much larger than that, it would be a real pain. Right. And that's the thing is, like, I don't know if it's better that this is more or less challenging. Like, because if it was larger and more labyrinthian, it would make it a challenge. Yeah. And, like, it's a simple challenge, so I think that would have been fine. Yeah. Because, again, as it was, I basically found everything without really needing you. Yeah. And that was one of those, like, okay, well, that's fine, I guess. Yeah. Or, like, uh, later on, you come to, you find the butcher, Mm -hmm. and you need to help the butcher, who's just got a spread of people parts in front of him, uh, prepare a dinner. And the first thing you need to do is you need to get the right five heads. Behind the butcher is five different masks. And when you hit him, it plays uh, four notes. Uh, sometimes. It's anywhere from like three to one of them is like seven. Okay. And when you go, uh, you go to the left of him and in this shed is a bunch of heads. Like a bunch of different heads. 20. And you need to find the heads that are playing the songs of the masks. Mm-hmm. So you pick it up and you go to mess with it. It plays a little tune. And you match those. All right. This is a neat puzzle. Yeah. I genuinely up like, because we'll get to it. This part of the puzzle, I was totally cool with. I was like, great. I don't have a great ear for tunes, but it was distinct enough that I could definitely like, okay, this one's going starts mid goes up, down, up, up. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yep. 
fucking perfect, right? Then it comes time to start preparing the meal for the people in the other room. <sighs> okay, this one, it gets complicated. And it isn't complicated in what you have to do. It is complicated in how it presents it to you. Yes. You need to talk to the butcher who starts giving you uh, basically the story of everyone that's at the table. It's a long way around of getting to say what the people in the different colors want to eat. You are presented with uh, liver, lung, heart, brain. You're also presented with spices. Uh, ginger. Uh, fucking... Ginger, pepper. Can't remember two spice leaves. The other two don't matter. You need to add spice to an ingredient. On the table that you put the heads down on, there is a piece of paper somewhere in the room mentions being able to write with, uh, like, soybean, and you can use it like invisible ink. So what you need to do is you take that paper, you put it by a fire, and then it warms up the, or, like, it burns the ink so you can read it, which tells you... Uh, brain needs ginger, lung wants blah, 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 right? And then you add those ingredients, and then you serve it to the people sitting out at the table, which is awake because there's a guy in the center burning because, remember, spooky horror. Yeah, so <laughs> ignoring the paper that eventually, if you figure out, tells you what spice goes where, if you throw the wrong thing in the wrong pot, he just goes, not that one, and it bursts into flame. Yep. So we basically solved this by trial and error. Uh-huh. And then you have to figure out how to serve people, which apparently you just grab bowls. Like, I mean, is like obvious in retrospect, but like. Yeah, no, right? They're on a shelf that is like, looks like it's non-interactable. Yes. And because whenever you take one out, they're infinite. They don't actually move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, we've got three cooking pots. So both of us are just throwing shit in to see like, what's it going to take a homeboy to complain about, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, like we get it. Oh, oh shit. He didn't complain. So, like, this must be it. How do we give it to him? And, yeah, you grab a bowl from up above that doesn't look like you can mess with you, and you assumedly just dunk that shit in. Mm -hmm. So then we do this. We serve everyone, and then we fucking hang out and wait. Okay, what does the game want us to do now? They're served. Yeah. Is there a bell we can ring? Like, do we go fucking slap homeboy out there? Like, let's go, buddy. Like, what are we doing? So this is one of the times I, I think this is the only one I had to look up. Uh... Because we weren't getting help at this point. You have to use the scissors from earlier. And there are extra scissors in that room if yes. you dropped them. You have to use the scissors on the heads to cut their tongues out. Uh -huh. And place the tongues in the bowls. Yep. Lay it after on. you've served them. Lay it on top like an ice garnish. Yeah. Now, that's ignoring the fact there's, again, like five heads and there's ten people in this room. So you cut ten tongues out of five people. Yeah, infinite tongues. Infinite tongues. Which you can do. You can just sit there and cut the same tongue out of one head forever. Yep. Just fill your inventory. But like he mentions at the very beginning that because he says you need to find the heads that sing the right tune because the general or whatever likes serving tongues that, you know, sing properly. Sure. And that's the like whole, oh, so you're matching the sound, yeah. the music. The fact that you have to remember back to that, because he stops saying that once you're on this part. Uh -huh. He only talks about what the three different houses want. And you have to be like, oh, no, we also need tongues for some reason. Mm -hmm. That one was a real uh, killer for me that like you need some way. The, I personally would not even have the tongues. Like, you serve everyone, and then, yeah, you ring that, like, big bell gong, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, just fucking cut it. Let's go. That should be the puzzle. Yeah. The weird extra step was not good. No. Uh-uh. It's like a good 
uh, Jesus, were we still on stream for that one? We were talking about it. Like, that's mm-hmm. a, like, uh, I, like, okay, sure. Like, he does mention that, but, like, we, it seems, it's, it's a weird call. Yep. It feels like he mentions that as part of the first puzzle, not the second yep. puzzle. Yep. Yep. So, you know, uh, that I would have changed. But uh, then we're on to the third act, and the third act gets mixed. It's so much more straightforward. It's very straightforward, but there's like, um, was it in the third act? Yeah. So you, you've got two hallways, you go down them and there's just like puzzles, mm-hmm. like actual, like one of them is just, you spin a bunch of rings to match everything up. Yep. There's a, another one where you have a bunch of rings you can spin, but the solution is actually just, you put a thing in the middle and you press it. Yeah. And that's the whole solution. <laughs> But then there's, like, on the other side, there's a sliding puzzle. Yep, the, like, uh, you've got a three-by-three grid with one thing missing, and you need to slide them around to get them in the right order. Yep, there's um, there's a box in a, a Star of David, six-point star. Yeah. And it's got six points, and you can tie string, so you have to make a six-point star. Yep. Great. There's There was a puzzle that we solved, and I don't know how. Oh God! Which one? Uh, the in that room as well was the ones where it's a bunch of dials that you turn. Oh yeah, that have numbers. Yeah. Uh, oh right, right. I literally just sat there and spun them while Jake looked around for like clues, and then it opened. Yep, I did it. <laughs> so we don't actually know what the solution to that one was, or what it was asking. Like we, because it had another grid on it. Mm-hmm. So clearly we were looking for something that like you looked up the numbers again. Yeah. But I wasn't, we weren't, we weren't sure where, where we were supposed to pull these numbers from. Yeah. Right. Like there wasn't anything that had hiragana in that room. It's just like, what, Not that I saw. what, what are we supposed to do here? So that's another puzzle where we didn't actually solve it, but like we got through it. Uh, so that doesn't feel great, but no, no, you do that. You, uh, cause this gives you arms. You put arms on the dummy. Uh, right. When you get to the third area, there's uh it's just a torso covered in kanji floating in the middle mm-hmm. again the cakes it's so funny it's, oh my god it is kind of like hilarious yeah and you need to find your limbs in her head mm-hmm. so that's the arms the legs is an interesting little puzzle you each go one direction yep um one person gets three drums that was me uh the other person gets a shamisen that was me so as i would play the drums or as Jake would play his uh, shamisen, the other person's room would move. Yep. Either the uh, gate around the room would spin or the room itself would raise or lower. And so you were looking for a thing to interact with in your room to open the box in the other person's room. Yes. So this is one of those ones that required immense communication. Yes. And... I like this puzzle. I wish it was a bit clearer because it was kind of hard to tell which drum did what. Oh, the strings were the same way. Right? So it, it, Jake would be like, oh, I need to be lowered. And I would hit a drum. And he's like, that raised me up. I'd hit the same drum. And he'd be like, oh, that spun the uh, cage. I'd hit the same drum. And he'd be like, oh, that spun the cage again. And I'm like, okay, what does this drum do? Yeah, and then I'd hit another drum, and he'd be like, "That's still spinning the cage." I'm like, "Wait, what?" Well, I the same thing with you, where like I I just hit one string, and you'd be like, "Oh, that raised it. Oh, that spun the cage. Oh, that lowered it. 
oh, that spun the cage. That spun the cage again. Like, just hitting the same string. Mm -hmm. Like, all right, so, like, there's no fucking pattern here? (laughs) There probably is, but it seems, again, so kind of obscure and obtuse. I don't know how you would ever figure it out. Yeah. Other than trial and error, Uh which we got there. Fuck yeah, we did. Actually, I really like that puzzle. No, it was one of the more interesting puzzles, and it requires teamwork, but it's not overly complicated. Mm -hmm. It was nice. Uh, So that gets you the legs. You put the legs back on, and then that opens a way down into... There's a room with some dudes walking around. That's General Sheeta's demon basement. Yeah. A fucking grid. It's, you know, uh, uh, Indiana Jones. You, uh, oh, uh, yes, it is. Yeah, um, it's a grid. You have to step on the right tiles yep. or it kills you. Mm-hmm. Um, but the person up top has that same grid and they have three elements and you have you can spin them to change what elements it is and depending on the elements it gives you a path yes you figure out the elements by finding the paintings downstairs there's a uh water disaster a war and an earthquake yes so it's water earth metal mm-hmm. those are your three elements you put them in you get a path and then so now, you- the funny part about that is if you're just spinning you're up top spinning the thing it'll give you different paths yeah and it'll just murder you as soon as you try and step out on it them. has fake paths which i think is a good thing i do too so that you can't just be like oh, i'm spinning it randomly look a path that's the right one yep now, you have to actually pay attention. <laughs> so you get, you know, your three disasters. You get your three elements. Gives you the path. The person up top can see down into the room. Mm-hmm. So then I was just calling out directions. Jake went through the room, grabbed the head. Uh, he tried to do fast travel trick and kill himself. Yeah. As soon as I had the head, I was like, oh, I can just die. It'll put me back on the other side, right? No. No. So we had then had to navigate him back through. And then we had the head went up put the head on and that was where hey you're at the end kill one of you killed one of us bad ending yeah fucking kill me yourself you fucking mannequin coward <laughs> nah no one has to die get out of here let's just leave right <laughs> deuces we did it we solved your head puzzle let's get the fuck out of here yeah all together what did what did we play three hours three and a half hours mm, yeah. just under yep a reasonable set of puzzles some of them being too too obscure yeah I think it's funny looking at the reviews. Uh, this is one of the things that like, there's not too much to talk about this game. Mm-hmm. So there's plenty to talk about with a lot of the reviews. Uh, a lot of them are because I'm looking at like, there's at least five reviews on the first page of Steam that are couldn't get past the door. Yeah, no, I, I believe that. And so that is one of the things where... I think the door puzzle is too overly complicated as the first puzzle. Yeah, right? Especially because once you get into the room, Jesus, everything's a lot simpler. Oh, yeah. Like, we tore through the rest of the, like, first level of the house real quick. Yeah, but, like, you just, it's the, it, it is such a weird choice for the opening puzzle that you don't keep that pace if that's what you wanted. Like, okay, this is our starting point. If we're going to be this obscure, then at least, like, keep that so, you know, like, it's the same kind of, like, difficulties you're going through. Like, that's your starting point, right? But they don't do that. They shouldn't. I don't think that would be fun at all. But I just, I think it's weird how, like, unnecessarily complicated the first puzzle, which is funny because, like, explaining it, it's not complicated. But, like, if you're coming into this blind and you're sitting down, like, you, good fucking luck figuring that one out on your own. Right. You have to... The person with the fans has to be in direct communication with the person who doesn't have the fans. Because the person who doesn't have the fans 
uh, in this case, Jake was reading a thing and I was like, hold up, go back and read that thing again. Yeah. And so he read through it uh, on microphone because obviously we were playing, you know, on voice chat. And so he's like, oh, you know, something about blossoms, something about uh, trees, something about. I was like, okay, those are the fans I have. Yeah. And then you can go into your inventory and look at the fans, and each of them has a fucking symbol on it for numbers. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so each of these fans has a number on it. Is it kanji for the numbers? I forget. I think so, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not going to look it up. It's whatever. (laughs) So I was like, okay, well, you've got a door knocker. I've got a fan that has a number on it. Yeah. Go. And so, you know, we got through it, but part of that is I do a lot of, like, I don't know, I've done probably 15 escape rooms. Mm, sure. So I'm used to kind of some of these, like, weird, like, turns of logic to yeah. get you to do a thing. Uh, I like escape rooms. I think they're a lot of fun. Um, you know, they had a kind of boom for a while. I don't know how they're doing post-COVID, because uh, obviously they kind of... Lock a bunch of people in a tight room together is not exactly a COVID friendly. Uh, uh, no, no. See, it's funny as um, and like I was going to save this for you know our wrap up, but like I've never done an escape room, and uh, like I I think the idea is really interesting. Yeah, like I would like to do like you know uh, have waffles and the kids. Like I bet that honestly be good. would probably be a lot of fun because my problem is um i don't know enough people to find the time to get to an escape room because i would imagine you want more than you know a handful unless you're just doing it with some other people who are there you know by themselves or oh, yeah. some other people and i don't particularly want to do that with a bunch of randos you can do them with random people i've done it occasionally yeah um most of mine have been with my family yeah i have a pretty large family so like it's dependent sometimes it's just been small groups of us mm-hmm. where like it was five of us but sometimes it's like all of us which then there's like eight of us and like we absolutely tear through their puzzles yeah and they're like my god you destroyed our record and it's like yeah well you know yeah you should have more complicated puzzles but right? all right <laughs> like come on <laughs> we've got like a billion people and they're like nah like you're just it's crazy. How'd you solve that so fast? And it's like, come on. You see so many puzzles. There's only so many things you can do. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so that's kind of the, like, knowing that this is an escape room and you have to think like it's an escape room and have these kind of leaps in logic is the one of the problems with the game is like it needs to be upfront that this is wholly a puzzle game and that's i think the first puzzle needs like either clue a more direct clue or like kind of explanation to be like this is what you're doing yes cuz it just kind of starts you out just like go yep yep no uh no fanfare no lube just fucking off it goes okay no tutorial no explanation just like you're in a pit get out well, there was a couple ones where, like, uh, you know, we're Americans, so, like, we don't have the same uh, thoughts on, you know, like, we're doing Japanese haunted house. So, like, I don't know, maybe uh, as we're going through trying to solve some of the puzzles, I'm like, is there some stuff we're missing just because language barrier, you know, like... Uh, I don't think so. Not really. Because even the like the stuff where you're matching, uh, you know, the like we need to find the lady's name in Japanese in hiragana to this chart. Like you don't need to speak Japanese for that. It's simple enough. You're just matching symbols. Like that's fine. That's a, a, a solid puzzle. If a bit weird how you have to get to it. 
Yeah, you have to know that one of the notes you found, which you have to make sure to interact with to find the note, mm-hmm. is, you know, it's a vague description. It's not even like this is like a good description. It's like straight up the description is, oh, she uh, avoids rain with a deft touch and is the color of a sunflower. Yeah. So you need to find the yellow doll with an umbrella. <laughs> not a joke. That's That's what you have to do. And then you have to have found and know that the other paper uh, is like, because it says, and her name is hidden within, and you must do columns, then rows, columns, then rows. Yeah. It's like, so you have to find this other paper and know that you're doing column, row, column, row to find the two symbols that make up her name. It It's a bit much. Yep. But as you're saying, there's only... Really, those three spots that I think we really, well, four, that we really struggled. The opening door, the doll, the uh, serving the tongues, and then the puzzle that we still don't actually know what the proper solution was. Oh, shit. I don't even count that one. Like, It didn't take you long to accidentally get it. That's so, true. So, like, that one's whatever. <laughs> but, so that's like, there were four spots where we were uh, dodgy. For like, for real though, for all we know, the solution to that puzzle is you just sit there and fuck with it for you know, like. I mean, if you've got the time, you can brute force basically the whole game. Yes, it's just gonna suck. Yeah, I I wouldn't want to uh, point and click my way through it, but you could. Yeah, um, the graphics I will say are not great. Uh, no, not particularly. They're not. This is weird, right? Um, it falls in that. Uh, area where it's not I don't think it looks bad in a like the models look bad sort of way it looks bad in that I this is this developer's first game so like the floor texture is super low poly yeah whereas like the walls and stuff aren't which just makes it stand out more yep and the uh, you know uh, cutscenes are this weird like painted style yeah but they're like so low resolution on the how like the painting that it's really hard to pay attention to yeah like they're going for that like watercolor painting style which is very jarring from the rest of the game yeah and none of the people in this again watercolor style none of them have faces yeah they just decide to skip it entirely uh-huh. which i hate <laughs> I, I I didn't like the presentation, but the the not having faces wasn't what bothered me about it. And it always kills me whenever they're like, and here's a bunch of stuff, and no one has faces, and I'm like, and then like, how are you going to show any kind of emotion? And like, our characters have faces in game. Mm-hmm. Well, you see, uh, even though it's just a uh, circle for their face, uh, which is a flesh tone, you can tell they are uh, surprised when they fall by their hands being in the air. Yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Altogether, it's kind of a weird game. Um, we've basically spoiled the game for you. So if you wanted to play this, uh, get wrecked, nerd. Let's be honest. You are going to play this game. Probably not. And that is kind of the, uh, I don't know, I guess my final conclusion, bum, 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 is that I don't recommend this game, but I also don't not recommend this game. I uh, had no... Again, we're just playing stuff that's vaguely horror-themed for October. Yeah. And honestly, I didn't hate most of my time with this game. 
It was a bit weird. Uh, I think the horror uh, for the second time out of two is is not very like horrorful. Um, <laughs> yeah, it it truly felt pasted on to me. It, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Like, uh, I think you saying the like veneer of horror is like it, that hits the nail on the head perfectly because like I had compared it to like fuck a local carnival haunted house because that's how it feels like it's a set dressing yeah if you wanted spooks and a horror game this is not the game for you no huh um and if you wanted a like true puzzle game it's not terrible you just have to know what you're in for especially with some of the leaps of logic yeah. so like do I recommend this game? Not really. Uh, it's their first game. It's still a bit unpolished. Some of the puzzles are a bit too obscure, and the theming did nothing for me. It does make me kind of curious about other games labeled with the... Because it does have the escape room tag. Huh. And I'm kind of curious, like... I love playing escape rooms. It would be interesting to see how they can be done digitally. Yeah. Um. But truly, the other thing of... Trying to play this game with randoms, like potentially trying to do escape rooms with randoms. Oh, God, no. The If you do not have voice chat, you should not be playing this game, which means you should probably be playing with people you know. Yeah. Uh, see, uh, I'm with you. I had a much better time with this game than I thought I was going to. But I was also expecting, like, horror game first and foremost with some puzzle. And this is just escape room with uh, the idea of horror by way of Japan. Which is fine. Uh, I it's weird. Uh, I didn't. I was more into it than I thought I would be. Uh, like when we started doing the uh, escape room bit, because like yeah, it's interesting. Oh, all right. So like, what do we need to do for this puzzle? Figure it out. Move on to the next thing. Move on to the next thing. Uh, it's exciting. I you know have haven't not done one uh, in real life. I, this would make me more interested in doing that, which I was already, and I would have an easier time if I was in escape at an actual physical escape room with randoms because like you could talk to each other. And as long as somebody's not a giant ass hat, like I can probably get along well enough with somebody to, you know, go through, go through a room and probably have a good time doing it. Voice chat. However, with the anonymity of the internet, no fucking thank you. I want no goddamn part of that. So my biggest complaint with this game is that it forces co-op multiplayer. Now this is fine. If, you and a your friend, significant other, somebody in your life also likes doing uh, puzzles and escape rooms. It sucks that you have to buy two copies of it for this experience, but like, if you and your friend or whomever is into this sort of thing, uh, 16 bucks all in normally, less if it's on sale, like, that's an evening. That's not bad. Yeah. Uh, escape rooms aren't like cheap. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're not like crazy expensive, but they're not cheap. Sure. So, yeah, it compares well to regular escape rooms. Yeah. The biggest downside, uh, and you had said it earlier, is zero replayability. Uh, you you knew the puzzles. Like, it's when you solve them, like, that's it. So, like, it's hard to be like, hey, you know, like, I've got a few people that might be interested in this, and, like, I want to play it with them, but you do it once, and then you know what you're doing. It really takes the fun out of it, especially for the puzzles that require two people. Yeah. Which is, unfortunately, not many. So, yeah, uh, a weird mixed game where my... That's it. The final conclusion is like, eh? Yeah. 
Like it, it, is, it is way better than I was anticipating because it has overwhelmingly negative reviews on Steam. Yeah, which is crazy because, like, I don't think it deserves that. No, I I don't think it's like... But I say that having not read through the reviews. Like, yeah. I don't know what their complaints are. Uh, a lot of complaints too. about it being a bit jank. A lot of complaints about it being too hard. Yeah, sure. And it is a bit jank. And it's uh, if they cleaned it up, that would be certainly nicer. Mm-hmm. But the puzzles being too hard is one of those things where I think it's a presentation issue. Where like you need to know that this is a complicated puzzle game first, mm-hmm. not a horror game. Yeah, which like the game does not present itself as new. No. At least not from the, like, media that we saw. Right? Like, I watched the trailer for it. Like, it was not what I was expecting. Yeah. They were like, ghosts and shit. And you're like, oh, okay. Although it is nice that, like, it wasn't what I was expecting in a good way. Yeah. Honestly. It, uh, Malice turned out better than expected. Still probably don't recommend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what do we do now? Well, now we answer letters from listeners like you. Hey. Greetings from a listener like me. Hello. Comes bearing a letter. Ooh. What are your thoughts on remasters, remakes? Are they necessary? Noises. Uh, and do you think they are worth it? Also, which do you prefer, or should game companies simply stop and just make a sequel? As always, looking forward to hearing from you. Keep up the great work. Ooh, this is a tough one, because I hate the idea of remakes and remasters. Like, just make new fucking IP. We don't have to go back to the same well. However, right, uh you can do a lot uh, depending on how old the game is now. So like, I'm never going to play final fantasy seven, right? I'm never going to play. I've played the original. I'm not going to play the remake. Let me specify because they took one game and now they are charging full price and splitting it into multiple games. Fuck all of that noise. Yes, but Jake, they added so much graphics. Yeah, they did. And it looks pretty. And now it's $180. And like, people like it. Good on them. If some idiot wants to give their money to Squeenix, I can't stop them. Unfortunately, I've tried. Or Resident Evil, right? Uh, People really fucking dig the Resident Evil remakes. Because, you know, um, they took out stuff like tank controls and added stuff like graphics, you know? And like, I think that's good. And like, it's neat as long as they're not just making remakes or remasters. Yeah, it's one of those things where it allows newer people to play those games. Because honestly, like a lot of people, uh, we are to the point where nostalgia is very strong. Yeah. Right. For uh, especially kind of late 90s, early 2000s stuff Mm -hmm. because of, you know, the ever marching progress of time. The people who grew up on that stuff are now uh, either, you know, have kids or, you know, in the point in their lives where they're. Uh, settling down they have money and they're nostalgic for the things they grew up on surprise that's how nostalgia works yeah every you know several you know years you know 20 to 30 years stuff gets super nostalgic and brought back yeah that just has been happening forever (laughs) yeah that's people yeah that's people surprise (laughs) um so now you have all these old games made in that time period where like they're jank enough because they were at the beginning of games finding their footing like the tank controls on fucking yeah okay right like things like that where it's like yeah no one does that now because it sucks yeah so it's a way for them either just new people or you know uh like parents with kids being like hey i loved this game now you know hey you can play it but it's not like a miserable experience (laughs) yeah um so that's cool right but 
there is an amount of uh, how much time and effort goes into these to simply uh, prop up the bottom line when they're also making games that are broken and not good. Uh-huh. <laughs> because we have had we've had some successes recently, which has been nice, but we've had a large rash of AAA games over the last year that have come out um, unfinished, broken, and just kind of a mess. Yes. And, you know, some of that is, uh, you know, a pandemic fuck about holdover. Sure. Like, we were always going to run into this. But some of that is also just game companies being like, eh, we're going to put it out. We're going to reap whatever money we can out of it. And then that's it. Yeah. We'll shut the servers down in six months and call it a fucking day. Yeah. Yep. And so, hey, if you can find a way to pad your bottom line by just, uh, you've already made the content. Mm-hmm. You don't need to come up with ideas. Yeah, no, I mean, you still got to master. Like, you just, uh, you know, uh, fix it up a bit. Yeah, there, there's been some issues with uh, properly attributing creations. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes someone who worked on the first game doesn't get credited on the second one, despite, you know, it being their game. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> So that is an issue, a legitimate issue, but I I do not think I have played a single remake remaster. It's just not really that appealing to me. They also haven't remade or remastered any games I care about. Uh, so like, uh, and I need to get back to it, uh, time of recording, uh, depending on what my, uh, week for the stream looks like. Like I picked up the Dark Souls remaster. Sure. I own the first Dark Souls. I have the HD patch, uh, that community, right? Yeah. They don't look that dissimilar, right? Like somebody yeah. did a lot of work, uh, on their own free time to make Dark Souls look good. So the remaster, you know, like it, it does look good and it's polished and all that happy horse shit. It's still Dark Souls. But like I'm like I'm not I bought it because it was on sale and I was like oh like I was going to play through this on stream so like that's why I'm buying it yeah otherwise I probably wouldn't have because I still had the first one which is my problem with like a lot of remakes I don't typically buy remakes because I have the game and if I don't I would seek out the original some of my favorite childhood games I don't want a remake of like Final Fantasy VII wasn't ever one of my favorites six was the best one fight me. American 6, I need to specify. Or no, it was American 3, it's Japanese 6. Uh, sorry, nerds. <laughs> but, like, I don't... I, I don't want, uh, you know, like, full 3D upscaled fucking version of that. I, I like the pixel art, is what I like about it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's weird, because we're in a spot where, like, we go through so much shit. Nostalgia doesn't sell it for me, right? Like... If I'm that interested in a game, I, I have the original one, and that's the nostalgia for me. I, I don't want to see your polished, pretty version of that. That's new. Boo. We're going back to the childhood, the good old, you know, the safe in your blanket, playing on your Game Boy shits. That's what I want. Yeah, they're, uh, I guess the remakes that, like, of games that I played as a kid that uh, came out was there was the uh, Crash and Spyro remakes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I didn't have any interest in either of those, because I played all of them. Mm-hmm. Crash 1 through 3, Spyro 1 through, I don't even remember. Uh, 97 or how many Spyros there are. Yeah. I played all of those growing up. It's like and five, right? Like, it's not that many. No. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and I've talked about on this podcast before, I don't really replay many games. Same. So, like, the idea of going back through and playing through Crash again doesn't interest me. I played and beat it when it was on the PlayStation 1. I enjoyed that. 
I I have no interest in going back to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But like, it's weird because I get why people would want that. Like, I don't want that. It's not for me. But plenty of people do want that and are willing to give, you know, uh, developers and publishers money for such things. And you know what? Good on them. If that's that's what you're into, I would rather play something new. <laughs> Yeah, so as long as remakes and remasters are just side projects for a company to make, make some money, and like, that's cool. And if other people want to play them, that's cool. I don't, so I would like to see game companies, especially large ones, not that I have any faith in Square Enix, uh, instead of spending their time uh, remastering a game to charge three times for it, uh, make something good. What if instead uh, they looked at all of the non-Japanese arms that they've got and they decided that they're not making enough money and they can all go fuck themselves? Yeah, there's a reason I don't anticipate Square Enix suddenly turning a corner and being a game company that I respect or want to play any of their games. Yeah, no, no, I'm uh, I'm loving watching the uh, flaming wreckage uh, hurdle closer and closer towards the ground. Yeah, this is madness. This yeah. is madness what they are doing over there, <laughs> which is interesting. Uh, there was a report earlier. This is going to sidetrack everything uh, about that. <laughs> we don't get sidetracked. No. Sure. This is the main track of our podcast is how bad Square Enix is. Uh, <laughs> Jason, you can't just tell them that. They have to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So there was a report. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, someone was actually like doing a reporting on it. How absolutely like unorganized Square Enix has been. I have not seen this. No. Oh, yeah. They were talking about how like. Just no one would know what they were supposed to be working on. And like people would be moved between projects randomly and they'd have to like fight to stay on and make projects. It was a mess and probably still is. I, yeah. Like, uh, gee, we played Forspoken. I get that. Yeah. That like just the direction wasn't clear and people would be working on stuff unsure of like what like the final product was supposed to look like as they were actively working on yeah. it. Uh, I said Forspoken, like you can insert name of game here given all the fucking squeenix we do. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, like it's all like, uh, Jesus. Uh, remember how good Anthem was for that exact same thing? Right. <laughs> as it turns out, just directionlessly making a game doesn't make a good game. Yeah. Shock. Awe. <laughs> Weird. So just make good games, not the bad games. I Look, Jason, I would love for us to not have any more bad games to play. Right. And then it, we could be free. If everyone just started making good games, we could wrap this whole shit up. Mm-hmm. And yet... Here we are. Yeah, look, then we just have to focus on mobile freemium. Uh, yeah, no, it doesn't get better. It does not. <laughs> or NFTs. Sweet hey, buttery crisps. No, no, no. You stop that. <laughs> NFTs have crashed, man. Yeah. We're fucking, we're finally free of the NFT nightmare. Uh, not if you talk to the CEO of Square Enix. Well, of course not. <laughs> they reinvested in NFTs at the beginning of this oh, year. That's right. God, it's such a fucking stupid thing to do. Morons. God damn it. Uh, I love you, Square Enix. Like, uh, I love to hate you. Don't get me wrong, but God damn it. I don't know, like it, it truly, from the outside, looks like every time they can make a decision, they just look at the decisions and go, that one's wrong. We'll do it. Look, what else gives you faith that you can run a business? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, just fucking do whatever, man. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> well, if uh, you have any questions, comments, concerns, things you want us to talk about, 
Me? Email. Yeah. <gasps> email the bad gamecast what? at gmail.com. Man, I'm here. I'm not writing an email. Write an email. Okay. <laughs> I won't read it. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> <laughs> We're the bad gamecast on all social media platforms that we currently use, which is not many, but we stream on Twitch. Monday through Thursday, those uh, VODs go up on YouTube. We have a subreddit where we post stuff, probably still. Do you still do that? Yes. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> Actually, might not have got the last one because we were out of town when it went live. But, it's true. Uh, um, yes, I'm Johnny on the spot with those generally. Nice. Uh, but we are most active on our Discord. There's a link to that in the description. Come over, say hi, meet whatever community we have there. Yeah, come hang out with the weirdos on the Discord. They're a... A fun bunch. Yeah, they're weirdos. We're all weirdos. <laughs> We're all weird here. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to support us uh, with dollars or donuts, dollars to donuts, donuts to dollars, I will accept either. The Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the bad gamecast. Yes, thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. You guys are the fucking bestest. I don't even like donuts, but I take donuts. Right. Out of them. Yeah. I've done the you know, social media call out for so long that not saying it always throws me off. Right. You got to this point where <laughs> now it's like, oh, wait, but like I obviously have cut it out of all of our uh, promotions <laughs> because it's still technically on my phone. And every time I look at it, I'm like, I should just fucking delete it. Oh, same. And I only keep it because this. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I should just fucking delete it. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, for the bad game cast, I've been a uh, disky spin. Uh, I've been uh, the cheekiest uh, <laughs> fucking. <laughs> Seriously, I wish I took a screenshot of that. You, God, it was you funny. people don't understand. This thing was just like cheeked up. <laughs> fucking mannequin got kicks. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs>